Welcome to another edition of the Comedian's Table here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. I'm your host, Brian Major. The Comedian's Table, for those of you unaware, uh, every comedy venue should or has a table set aside for the comedians for us to sit around, chat, catch up, gossip, all those sorts of things. And that's what this is. A bunch of comedians sit... Well, okay, we'll get into that. A bunch of comedians sitting around a table, chatting, catching up, BSing, gossiping, etc. Tonight, my guests are... Hrdish Bajwa. Diane Hewitt. Sam Benison. So, I say this is a little different tonight because... We're Not, the newbies, Corey. Right. <laughs> All the newbies. You're the, yeah, it's like the kids' table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should mention that we have a comedy contest coming up on Friday, uh, March. It's not March, is it? 24th. March, March 24th. 24. Yeah. 8pm. It's called The Firm's Comedy Clash. It's a stand-up comedy competition, and each one of my guests tonight is entered. Um, these two have a little bit of advantage over you, Herdesh, because they've been on stage before. Okay. <laughs> We're going to kick your butt. <laughs> will this be your first time? No, this will be my second time. First time is going to be this Thursday. Oh, this Thursday <laughs> at the open mic. <laughs> Good. Good so practice. You, so you're coming. Yeah, then I can iron out some awkward moments probably. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I, I should can, mention this Thursday, when this actually airs, uh, we will be at the Thirsty Moose Pub at the university for their open mic night. Uh, I'm going to try some new stuff out, and these guys are going to be on stage. And Herdesh is going to be on stage for the first time. Yes. Cool. <clears throat> Can't so, wait to see you there. <laughs> yeah. So, Dan, give me a little bit of background <laughs> on your history, our experience as a comedian. On stage. Well, I'm uh, actually, I feel like a bit of a virgin on stage because I have only done it three times. Ten minutes at Nancy O's the first time, ten minutes at Nancy O's the second time, and five minutes with Mike uh, and Virginia with the laugh tracks. Mike McGuire and Virginia O'Dine. Oh, that's yeah. one thing I forgot to mention. If you mention a local comedian's name, say their full name. You got it. Because we know who we're ta- you're talking about. But. Okay. Um, so Nancy, you went to open mic night. I went to open mic night, and I didn't. How tell, was that? I tell you, I did not tell one person I was going, and the place was probably about half full. And Danny, uh, the fellow that runs it there, um, he was Danny pretty. Bell? Is it Danny Bell? Danny Bell. Yeah, okay. you bet. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot his last name. <laughs> I, I don't know if it is. I'm but uh, what happened was uh, I, I went in and I said, you know, what's the deal? How do, what do I do here? And uh, he said, just sign up. And I'm like, well, I don't want to go first. So uh, he said, well, just put your name down for number five, right? Right in the middle because they only take ten. So I got up and I, he was all excited because it's mostly musicians there, right. right? So anyway, it was only about half full, the restaurant. And uh, it, it was pretty fun. It, I had a lot of fun, but I realized I had missed a bunch of my little funny bits because it was 10 minutes and I felt really under pressure, right? Mm-hmm. And so anyway, um, I did really well. People, you know, were laughing and stuff, which is awesome. Yeah, you bet. And then so I was pumped to do it again. But, of course, I wanted to switch it up and do some different material. Beginner mistake. 
No, no, actually, I got about 12 minutes the second time I did it. Okay. But the that problem was the second time the restaurant was like packed, right? And of course, you know, it's all musicians and me. And, you know, they're having supper and chatting. And, you know, that's what you do when you go out for supper, right? Yep. So it, it was really hard to try and talk over some of the... Uh, to, get, to get their attention. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I, I still did it. I did okay. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, I just got to do it again. I just got to find a different venue. And so when I ended up going to uh, Mike McGuire's show, five minutes was like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know if I can do five minutes. It was really hard to squeeze five minutes. <laughs> I so, don't think I could do 10, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I'm ready to do 30. I'm. To- I got so much material. I. I. I really? I, oh yeah. I have lots of material. Yeah, yeah that sounds really nice. Uh, I take my inspiration from primarily Bill Burr. Really okay. funny guy. Yeah. yeah. I've noticed how he likes to do a lot of. Um, he does a lot of rants. Dramatic accents and a few exaggerations here and there yeah during his rants on uh upstage and that is how i think you could possibly stretch out your material if you add little bits of that here and there well, Bill Burr actually does a bit of clowning whenever mm-hmm. he performs in his rants because yeah. oftentimes he'll pick up on what comedians, like, this audience is laughing at. So, like, mm-hmm. in one of his sets where he's talking about his kids beating him up Monopoly, that's just the one I can think of right now, he would often pay attention to the crowd. If the crowd started laughing, he could keep going with that bit. If mm-hmm. they stopped laughing, he could end it at any point. And that's what Bill Burr is really good at. Hmm. So you've yeah. also been on stage, Sam. Do you yes. want to talk about that? Yeah, I uh, wasted $30,000 at a comedy school, and now what? I'm here to do stage. What? Thirty grand? <laughs> yeah, I was uh, at Humber College for a bit. I was going to say Humber, because that's the only one I know of in Canada. Yeah, yeah. I, I went there when they were doing their online course during the pandemic. and oh. It's a good experience. You meet a lot of people, but it's definitely... I should have gotten more stage time. You always feel that you just need that stage time. It was completely mm-hmm. online, your course? Yeah, just because of the pandemic. Typically, they do it offline. Typically, you go to school, you do a whole improv thing, <clears throat> but we had to do improv online. It was great. How long was this course, and was it worth $30,000? <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> it was a year. It was a real university wow. course. Is Humber in, in Toronto? Yeah. So okay, that's where oh, I grew yeah. up. Yeah, that's why I'm like Humber. I was born in Humber Memorial, so. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But yeah. Wow. You know, you you could have got that same education from going to a comedy club and buying a comedian a beer after the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I realize that now. <laughs> they were advertising it as meet the world famous best of the best and the creators of Yuck Yuck. Do you, Yuck. Do you so remember like, some okay. of the names? Uh, Larry Horowitz, Paul Bellini. Um, Paul Bellini wrote for Kids in the Hall. Larry Horowitz was one of the founders of Yuck Yucks. Um, Lisa Merchant is in the Improv Hall of Fame. And then, I'm so sorry, I'm forgetting the physical comedian teacher, but she was probably the best one out of all of them. She was great. I forget her name. Hmm. It'll come to you. Yeah. So, you were at... The show Diane was on. Mm-hmm. Was that your first time? No, no. 
No, I've been doing comedy on and off since really? then. It's just I started doing more online comedy, and then when I got the job at a competitor station, <laughs> <laughs> don't think I'm allowed to say it, but I got that job, and they wanted me to be more kid-orientated, so I thought if I did comedy live, I can get away with a little bit more. Hmm. And this will be... Your first time ever. Yes. Her dash. Yeah. <laughs> you got this. What are you what are you thinking? What are your what are your thoughts going into it? I've always had stage fright, like with you know, giving speeches for like a, a school presentation whether it was we just Yeah, whether it was just a, a three minute speech in elementary school or uh, a more serious PowerPoint presentation for a course in college, you know, I always tend to get a little sweaty and <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the awkward gaps just feel a bit longer, you know, and when all those eyes are on you. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm going to be f- focusing on and, and thinking about is how gullible I am and what kind of what do you mean by that? Mischief that has gotten me into, or what what kind of stories I can extract out of my um, gullible nature. <laughs> Did you know that it's written on the ceiling right now? It is not. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of college, I actually got my start uh, in stand-up comedy at the University of Northern British Columbia here. I took a course called Indigenous Humor. And it's not a how-to course like what you do. Okay. It was, it was an actual university course that we studied. And instead of a final exam, we all had to do a performance. And everyone either paired up or got into little groups, and I was kind of left on my own. Didn't know really what to do. Cobbled together two stories that I thought were kind of funny. One was about uh, the issue I had trying to cash a rather, rather large check. And, you know, as an indigenous person, you're suspect. And the other one was about how I want to be the uh, actor that played the suspect in the Crime Stopper commercials. <laughs> because I always seem to fit the description of the suspect. And so those became two stories that I put together, you know, punched it up with a few jokes here and there. I wrote it out on, you know, regular size sheet of paper, 8.5 by 11, single space. I think it was single space. It might have been double. Two, two, two sheets of paper, double-sided, when I read it to my to a friend of mine, it took four minutes. When I brought it to the stage, ten minutes. Because I mm-hmm. didn't account for the laughter. Right. Because I didn't think yeah. people would laugh. Um, I got 20 out of 20 on my performance. I got an A-plus for the course. One of only two A-pluses at university. Nice. Um, and I got a lot of feedback. A lot of people said, you, you've struck upon something. You need to keep doing this. You need to keep going. And there were opportunities at the university. There were open mics, not at the pub, because they didn't didn't have a pub at the time. They had, like, a cafeteria, um, you know, PERG, which is the public interest resource group, a bunch of hippies. (laughs) They put on open mics where people would, you know, recite poetry about their cats and sing songs about flowers and stuff like that. And I was up there telling my jokes. And the only comedian that I knew of in town. Um. So an indigenous comedian came to town. His name was Don Bernstick. You've never heard of him. I asked him for some advice. I opened for him. 
And he goes, <clears throat> you should contact indigenous conferences because indigenous people will meet for any reason. <laughs> <laughs> and what it is is they'll have meetings all day. They'll have dinner after, at the end of the day and they'll look, they're looking for entertainment at the end. And that's where you come in. So email them, tell them who you are, tell them what you can provide, which is 15 minutes of comedy at the time. Don't ask for any money. Ask for them to fly you in if it's out of town, uh, put you up for the night, give you a small meal per diem, and you get to perform in front of indigenous audiences. And that's how you can build your act. And that's what I did for years. Made some good money because I, I, you know, I started charging right away. Yeah. I made 150 bucks my first gig. Nice. So nice. I got flown down to Vancouver, put up in a nice resort hotel in Vancouver. Um, and it allowed me to travel. Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton more times than I can count. Vancouver oh, wow. Island, Vancouver many times. So was it 100% First Nations uh, participants? For the most part, except yeah. for, you know, every once in a while there's, you know, because indigenous uh, organizations don't have the capacity to hire all indigenous people. Right. And so some of the staff is sometimes non-indigenous, so they're there in the audience and um, but like the students were, it's a hundred percent. I've only performed for youth a few times. Okay. Those are tough audiences. Um, and then I moved to Vancouver, started going to the comedy rooms, comedy clubs, and I built my act that way. Um, I eventually recorded a CD a few years ago that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> Not yet. What's the CD? Um, it's called the bloody savage, the bloody savage. <laughs> yeah. That's my, it used to be my, my website until someone claimed it. I think I'm going to have to change it to .ca because okay. someone took .com. Someone right, so let's all just... go and check out the bloody savage. <laughs> .com. Let's make sure that he gets a lot of promotion out of it. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram, at the bloody savage. Twitter, at the, at the bloody savage. Um, yeah, and I've been doing this for a number of years now. Does that have something to do with you being Haida? <laughs> um, no, it does have something to do with me being indigenous, though. Okay. <laughs> it's an old joke. It's a punchline to an old joke that I no longer tell because it okay. offended people. Oh. <laughs> but if you Google me and search Google we'll enough, find it. We'll find, find it. We'll find it. A newspaper article about the Bloody Savage and where the name came from. I'm tempted to search it right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I told this reporter... He asked me, where does the Bloody Savage come from? Right? Because it's my stage name. It's the website. And I'm like, it's just a name. Right? And he's like, well, no, you got to give me more. Right? I was like, okay, it's a punchline to a joke that I no longer tell because it offended people. And he's like, well, what's the joke? I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> he's like, don't worry. I won't print it. I won't print it. Right? So I stupidly told him. And, of course, he printed it. Oh, wow. But, no, like I've traveled. I put on tours. Um I've toured Vancouver Island like three or four times. Uh, the first time, we only did three cities, Nanaimo, Port Alberni, Victoria. But we sold out Victoria because we got the front page of the Victoria Times colonist. And who reads the newspaper? Older people. And what is Victoria? Older people. Right. <laughs> and so me and my buddy Gaskin, who was our headliner a few weeks ago at the, the firm, were taking the tickets. And I turned to him. I said, have you noticed something about this audience? These people, he's like, yeah, they're all old and white, <laughs> which is what Victoria is. All old and white. <laughs> and so, yeah, I've been doing this for a number of years. And so if you have any questions about how to write jokes, perform jokes, the business side of things. I do, but I wouldn't ask on air. <laughs> no, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. 
Ask all the secrets that you want everyone to know. <laughs> Never. If you don't have questions, I can give unsolicited advice. That's always good. Carry a notebook. Get a notebook from the dollar store. Got Doesn't one. have to be expensive. Um, buy some brand new pens because there's nothing. It's like the first day of school. New pen, new 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 notebook. So was that your goal when you took that course? Like how long was the course? The course, like I said, I just wanted an easy uh, A. Yeah. <laughs> and was it, it like a whole year that you went? No, no, or? it was a semester. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and that was months. your goal, though, was to go pro, like to find find a no, way to go pro? never. I just wanted to get past that performance. Oh, wow. Um, I thought these jokes were, stories were funny. My Haida name, you mentioned Haida. Um, my Haida name is Funny Storyteller. I actually I was given the name by my auntie mm-hmm. after I became a comedian. Um, but that's what I do. I mean, even before I was a comedian, I was a storyteller, and I told stories, and hopefully in a funny way, and that's kind of we don't have a word for a comedian in the Haida language so that was like the closest approximation hmm. so it, it's uh, Kilan Ka'a which means funny storyteller that's cool hmm. I've always considered myself a bit of a storyteller too but uh, I always got in trouble for talking because you know I'm a, from the generation that you were to be seen and not heard hmm. so you know we would talk and talk and tell stories and laugh and goof around and always got in trouble for it so I kind of got suppressed from it, you know. Is that your goal when you started? No, not at all. No? Because no, I, I not at all. I just I just really felt like uh, uh, what had happened basically is my son, uh, who was sixteen, I think, when he moved to his dad's in Edmonton, and I it became an empty nester. Right, I was a single parent uh, his whole life. And I went dark. I went into a really dark depression, and I started just watching stand up twenty four seven, right? Mm. And my spiritual leader is George Carlin, right? That's where uh, I get my yes. inspiration from, right? Yeah, I've watched a few of those. those are yeah, really and I'm still discovering new George Carlin, like interviews and stuff that you know were, were obscure and I never saw them, and so I'm still learning lots about him. But what happened was, like I said, I watched so much of it, and some are just so crappy. You know, there are comedians out there. That oh, I thought you were talking about George Carlin. Oh, God, no. No, no I'm talking about stand up. My eyebrows were One of the yeah, yeah. greatest comedians what? of all time. Yeah. Just a terrible comedian yeah. sometimes. No, but watching stand up, you know, you can watch a whole hour and not laugh once. And I'm like, okay, I can, I can say five minutes of stuff and make you laugh probably five times. That's how most comedians get their start. Someone will say, you're funnier than this guy who's supposed to be a pro. Yeah. Right? And they're yeah. like, okay, well. Yeah, but I never thought, I never thought like of making money at it. It was just to me right now, it just feels still like a hobby. You could could walk away with 200 bucks. Well, I I could. I'm hoping that I do because I think my five minutes is pretty gold. You won't because I'm walking away with it, but you might. (laughs) Trash trash talking already. (laughs) Meet you in the alley. We'll see about that. How are you feeling? You want to walk away with this 200 bucks? No. No. Oh, come on. (laughs) Well, how many competitors are best joke. Let's hear your best joke. Well, are you okay. a joke teller or a storyteller? That's fair. more more of a storyteller. Yeah, okay. I, I, I don't, don't have, have time many, for a story. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have many jokes really. I got a quick quick story. Sure, it's going to be in every show that I ever do. When uh, my kid was little, he's probably about four years old, and I was driving down the hill, and I'm like, someone cut me off. I said, stupid. Expletive. Drive, yeah. <laughs> and my kid in the back said, Mommy, don't say stupid. 
<laughs> Come on. <laughs> that's the funniest thing uh-huh. ever. Like, you can't even make that stuff up. <laughs> yeah. That's where some of the best jokes come from. Absolutely. Just, it's just from random something down. kids' that's conversations. What, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't remember what this comedian's, comedian's name is. I, it was on a YouTube short a few days ago I saw. The guy said he lives next door to an old man who has, like, dementia or something. Or... Um, and he has frequent memory loss. And every morning, the old man comes to his door and knocks and says, Where did my wife go? I'm al- alone. And every morning, he has to tell him, uh, She's been dead for eight years. But he said, Sometimes I think of moving away. But every morning... It's worth it to see his face light up with joy to hear Tell that his that wife has <laughs> been dead for eight years. That, that was sounds a, like that was hilarious. The structure sounds like a street joke, but I think I, I I think I know the comedian you're talking about. Yeah, no, that's very similar to. I I knew this old lady, absolutely terrible old lady. She liked to horribly gaslight all of her neighbors around her so one night she decided to buy just a hundred cans of paint all a slightly different shade and every morning she would paint her neighbor's door a slightly different color and just slowly went through the entire rainbow of color before the guy moved (laughs) (laughs) that's a good prank (laughs) um more advice uh watch listen to podcasts with comedians, my favorites are You Made It Weird by Pete Holmes, Mark Maron's podcast, Joe Rogan's podcast, when he had comedians on and not... Can't handle that guy. <laughs> oh, I can't handle that guy. Call Podcasts, a great podcast. They just they they're, they're like a true crime podcast, but both of the people who run it are professional comedians. And they just... They're so funny, and it shows you how you can tell a story while adding in jokes to it, which is something I really struggle with, because I can do a great one-liner. I can't tell a story to save my life. Do you guys listen to podcasts? Oh, yeah. I do, yeah, absolutely. I listen to a lot of... Comedian podcasts? You bet. Joe Rogan podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> to each my, my introduction to Joe Rogan was episode 12. I don't wow. know what episode they're on now, but... It's um, like... 3,000 something. 3,000 episodes? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mine, my introduction was episode 12. 12. His, his guest was Dane Cook. This is when I think he used to uh, shoot it on his laptop. Mm-hmm. He just had a laptop. They would sit together side by side on a couch. So this was way back then. But um, no, it's he'll, he, when they start talking comedy and the creative process, and that's some of the best advice because you only learn from other comedians how to do comedy I think other than by doing it um, and so you can you, you can read it from books I've read comedy books in the past um, but People podcasts read? are the best I can <laughs> I can't I'm too young <laughs> um, Taylor see, was telling me about take your sets uh, about a, a course that she took like a seminar like some not it probably wasn't thirty grand like what you what you were talking about <laughs> Taylor Lakeport yeah you, that's right comedian. yeah yeah and she said that she had taken like a um, a workshop and I thought wow that'd be really great just for 
even her to participate mm-hmm. in hosting it maybe or giving some you know other comedians uh that little tidbits of what what works and what doesn't work right like you could probably do that as well give us some <laughs> advice on what you learned yeah no right? that's that's fair yeah it'd be it'd be good to actually have like a writing session for people to come in and like workshop. punch up yeah. and do workshop yeah when the prince george comedy community used to be a community it's, it's now splintered yeah we used to do that yeah we used to get together at the tims how do we get that back just With do it yourself new blood DIY. we got new yeah. blood here so uh we should uh i don't like to use the word should pardon me <laughs> we will <clears throat> there you go let's Could. do it let's do it yeah just get together and say hey i have this idea about uh a calendar yeah. here's my joke idea what do you think of it yeah. and they're like eh, try you know that's what we did Mm-hmm. Did you have a like a, a specific place, or did you just go to the coffee shop? Really, the, the one time that I recall. Oh, okay. but I remember, like, I spent a lot of time in Vancouver, and a lot of the Vancouver comedians they, are friends of mine, and they would they would mention doing stuff like that when they were new comics. They would right. get together and toss around ideas and get feedback from other comedians. Yeah, because I know myself, I'd like to run a couple jokes by different people just because I know I can be rather offensive with some stuff, right? And I want to just make sure I'm kind of... You can't do it with regular friends because they... (laughs) I know. That's why I love hanging out with comedians. That's why I have the shows because I'm never worried about, you know, hurting their feelings or... you know Running something by you, you know? Like, well, how does this sound? How can we spice it up, you know? So, yeah, it's something about it's comedians. That, funny, I was talking to Devin <clears throat> Flynn about that, and he said uh, he said something like, uh, you don't always want to share some of your jokes because you feel like someone might steal it from you, right? If you're just working on a joke, like I'm working on something about mental health, and uh, I was not wanting to share too much details about it because I thought someone could take my kind of main ingredient and just kind of add to it and run with it, right? The biggest piece of advice I got from that out out of like the comedy school was Larry Horowitz telling us an idea is free. It's your personality that creates the joke. So you don't have to really worry about people stealing the joke because they're not going to tell it in the same way you will tell it. Everyone can tell a joke 50 million different ways. Right. So if you're wanting to talk to a different comedian about punching up a joke, you don't really have to worry about them taking it because that joke still hasn't been finished. So you can write it differently and probably better than the other person if you got a solid baseline. Good advice. Solid. That's that's why I'm looking forward to this Thursday. Yeah. Is so if one of you does tell a joke on stage where I think, Oh, what if they did this? I can go go to you afterwards and say, Try it like this. See my plan for Thursday? is to do my five minutes that I want to do for the comedy show or for the contest. Mm-hmm. But I think I understand you get like seven or ten minutes at Thirsty Moose. Um, yeah, because I've done, I've done ten minutes before. Yeah. It's because it's typically a musician's open mic and musicians do like three to four songs. Right. As right. whereas like comedians. Fifteen minutes sometimes. Right. Yeah. Get like five minutes and then you're. Yeah, because, I mean, if I do my... So you're going to try and hone that five minutes? Well, yeah, right, because I I feel like my show, my five-minute show, in my opinion, is gold, right? I mean, it's pretty pretty funny in my eyes. And if I run it by a younger crowd, which I'm assuming is a younger crowd up at UNBC, yeah, right? 
So I'm going to run it by as kind of tight as I can and see if I can get the five, but then maybe just add a little bit to it, you know? Okay. That's my goal. Um, we're going to have to continue this discussion in the next episode. Uh, so this has been the Comedian's Table here on 93.1 CFIS FM. I'm your host, Brian Major. Tonight, my guests were... Hridesh Bajwal. Diane Hewitt. Sam Benison. 